0: Many weeks, 18 weeks or so, he's going to take over, and I'm going to sit down and enjoy. So, uh, Pastor Parmar, it's all yours. Thank you so much. So wonderful to have you all this morning for our Bible study. And uh, God willing, I would like to take the doctrines of the Bible... And among the doctrines, the first doctrine we are going to consider is the word of God, which is very basic. The word of God is very, very basic. And uh, I would like to read for you from Psalm number 19, Psalm number 19, where the psalmist talk about the glory of God's word. Psalm number 19 and verse 7 through end of the chapter Psalm number 19 verse 7 may we all stand to honor God's word as we read together as i read and you listen together Psalm number 19 the law of the lord is perfect converting the soul the testimony of the lord is sure making wise the simple The statues of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgment of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them, is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is a great reward. Who can understand his error? Cleanse thou me from secret faults. Keep back thy servant also from the presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright, and I shall be innocent from the great transgressions. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Please be seated. Please be seated. Thank you. I hope you have great appreciation for the word of God. I hope you have great appreciation for the word of God. Because it is the treasure of heaven to us. It is God's word to God's people. It is God's word for God's people. It claims that the word of God is truth. And you wonder why it says that God's word is truth, because God is truth, is it not? God of the Bible is the truth. He is truth. you can trust Him, you can depend on Him, so with His word. So God's word is truth. His message is God to men. First Peter chapter one, verse 21, very clearly says, "Man moved by the Holy Spirit from God." As I was reading, you know, in the Bible, it says that God spoke to the prophet. And the prophet brought the message to God's people. You remember in the Old Testament, the priest represented God's, uh, represented God's people to God. Priest in the Old Testament represented God's people to God. And the prophet represented God to his people. And they said, thus says the Lord. Thus says the Lord. It's so wonderful, friends. I was wondering, said, so what did God say to the prophet? And they said, well, when he when said that God spoke or they spoke and they wrote, it denotes that God possessed their hearts, controlled their minds, and ordered their tongues. So they spoke not their words, but God's word. Let me say it again. When you read in the Bible that God spoke and then he spoke to people. God spoke. That means that God possessed their hearts. The prophets hearts. They control their minds and order their tongues. So what they spoke, it was not there, but it was God. That's why it is God's word. Thus says the Lord, he says. Not Isaiah says, thus says the Lord. It's wonderful that God has given us. And my friends, so many people in the world have no Bible. And we have the Bible. You know, B-I-B-L-E. Behold, I bring life eternal. That is Bible. Behold, I bring life eternal. If God's word is for me and for you. Question is, how much time do I take to wonder and study and read? The scriptures were written approximately by 40 different men. I wish you have a pen, and pen up next time when you come, bring notebook, so there is so many information I would like to give to you, so you can write it down, so in the days to come, you can study by your own. So the 40 different men wrote the scriptures. These men lived in a different countries and cultures. They lived in a different eras, like 1400 BC through AD 90. They wrote in three languages, Hebrew, Aramic, and Greek. And that's why we have the word of God. Well, first five books of the Bible, called Pentateuch, and it is a book of Moses, or the law of Moses, the five books of the Old Testament written by Moses 1400 BC. Then they often refer to as books of Moses and Pentateuch. Well, let's, let's look at that, what they say to us. In Genesis, the book of beginnings, creation, Man in redemption, sin, redemption, and God's people. These are the main subjects in the book of Genesis. So you must know that what does Genesis contains? Well, it speaks about creation. Then man, God created man, and then sin came, and then the redemption, and then God chose, chose his own people. So that ends Genesis. What about Exodus? Exodus, God delivers his people from Egypt on the way to the promised land. That is the book of Exodus. Leviticus speaks about the worship, atonement. Man is a sinner and Leviticus provides the provision for God's people to come in the presence of God, not without blood. That is the atonement. There we have. And it was the foreshadow of the final atonement which God will provide for the whole mankind. So Leviticus speaks about the atonement, holiness, worship through sacrifices and also purification. What about the book of Numbers? The book of Numbers speaks about the uh, God's people continually disobey and wander in the wilderness. And Pentateuch or or Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy, the Moses says great discourses to prepare Israelites to enter the promised land. And remember, Moses was not able to enter the promised land, but he prepared the people for the promised land. So that the five books—Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Maybe you can memorize all 39 books, index of the Bible, okay? So then the second group is history. History. These historical books were written about 1400 B.C. through 450 B.C. And describes God's dealing with his chosen people, Israel, and Hebrew nation. Joshua. Joshua. After Moses, Joshua led the people of God to the Promised Land. Then Judges. Then we have a Ruth, Moabites. Then first and second Samuel. First and second Kings. And first and second Chronicles. Then Ezra, Nehemiah, and Esther. These are the 12 books. It is the history. Then we have a poetry. Then we have a poetry, and there are five books of the poetry. And you know Job. Job speaks about the suffering. Why bad people happen to good people? That is the many times people ask the question. Why God allows bad things happen to good people? Why not? Because he's God. (laughs) Do Do I have to guide him? What he should do? So Job speaks about that that suffering and the loyal trust of men who loved God. May I say, God's grace do not exempt from trials and temptations. God's grace doesn't exempt from trials and temptations. So, Job speaks about the suffering. Psalms speaks about the song of praise. When you read Psalms, friends, I wish you would read every day five Psalms. So, in one month, you will finish the whole book of Psalms. Wonderful. Wonderful. Psalms takes you to the throne of God to worship him. To know who God is. So, that is the book of Psalms. He he gives the praise of the instruction. Proverbs, Solomon. My professor back in India would say Solomon was the wisest fool in the Bible. (laughs) Because he was not satisfied with one woman, so he has to have a thousand. Proverbs talks about God's. Practical wisdom for you and for me, how to live. Psalms reminds us how to go to God and praise and worship. And then when you go to God and worship and praise, then he will teach you how to live everyday practical life. That is the book of Proverbs. That is the book of Proverbs. What about Ecclesiastes? Well, Solomon again, Ecclesiastes speaks about the emptiness. Emptiness. Of an earthly life without God. Emptiness. And Song of Solomon is a celebration of marital joy. So we have Pentateuch, five books. History. And then we have a poetry. And then we have a major prophets and the minor prophets in the Bible. So the major prophets are Isaiah. And they were written approximately from 750 to 550 B.C. So major prophets, five, five. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentation, Ezekiel, and Daniel. These are the five major prophets. And they're wonderful, friends. Isaiah, a love man, that man. You know, Isaiah was... Sword in two when uh, Jeremiah was stoned to death. These are the men of God. He preached 42 years and not one was converted. Then we have a minor prophets, and there are 12 minor prophets in the Old Testament, and they were written between 840 to 400 B.C. And and the list goes like this. Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah Micah Nehum Habakkuk Zephaniah Haggai Zechariah Malachi these are the 12 old testament minor prophets well the new testament new testament 20 how many books in the new testament i forgot how many 27 why wow, wonderful a plus 27 in the new testament a new testament The new covenant reveals Jesus Christ, the redeemer of man. The uh, uh, 27 books contains, number one, the life of Christ, the way of salvation, the beginning of Christianity, instruction of Christian living, all the letters, and then God's plan for the future. Sometimes I tend to go fast so please break me or put up break. Eh? Come on, stop it. I want you to get every word and eat and digest so you can grow. That's my heart's desire. So if I go fast, raise your hand, slow down. I'm learning with you. I'm not coming... I, I, my friends, I have not learned from heaven. I learn every day. I learn every day. When God's child or God's son or God's daughter think that he has learned everything, he will stop learning. So we are all learners. We are all learners. So here, the life of Jesus Christ, the way of salvation... The beginning of Christianity, instruction of Christian living and the future plan for believers and unbelievers. Well, that brings to Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew contains the life of Christ written specially for the Jews, revealing that Jesus Christ as their long-awaited Messiah. So Matthew, when in the middle of night, if he gets up as a Matthew. Well, a, it was written for the Jews. Everything was contained per, per, pertaining Jews. Mark, the life of Christ revealing Jesus as the obedient servant of God, returned specially to the Roman world. You know, I, like, I love Mark, because Mark was a failed man, remember? Paul and Barnabas took Mark in the first missionary journey, he deserted and left him. And then in second missionary journey, when Paul and Barnabas decided to uh, go for second journey, Barnabas wanted Mark to be with them. But he said, no, Mark, deserted, we don't need Mark. Well, uh, Barnabas took Mark, and Paul and Silas went for different journey, missionary journey. What I like the most about Mark Even though he was backslidden, if you say so like that, or he turned his back. But you know, Barnabas never gave up. Barnabas never gave up. And you you know, when Paul was about to be beheaded, whom did he think about? Mark. Bring Mark. Mark. I can imagine the soldier is coming to take Paul to be beheaded and he was handed over this scroll. What is this? This is the gospel of Mark. Mark wrote it. Mark wrote it. This is God can do to anyone. So the failure, what I'm pointing out, failure is not the end of life. because we have a God who never gives up. Mark, Mark wrote about the life of Christ, Jesus Christ is the obedient servant of God. How about Luke? Luke was a heathen man. He was a Gentile. Life of Christ in Luke, life of Christ revealing Jesus as the perfect man, emphasizing his humanity, written by Luke, a Greek to the Greek world. You know, I was reading, I I finished, The biography of Paul by John Pollock, according to him, he writes that when Paul was beheaded, it was Luke who buried Paul. And he was the only one. Luke, John, John speak about the life of Christ, revealing Jesus as the son of God, stressing his deity And every evangelistic way, you know, the Gospel of John is so powerful, so powerful. Um, Five books of the... uh, uh, the, Then, um, John's Gospel reveals two major reasons why he wrote the Gospel. And can you turn with me to John's Gospel, chapter 20, verse 31? John's Gospel, chapter 20, and verse 31 if you find it, read it loudly. Someone can read loudly. John chapter 20, verse 31. Thank you very much. There are two reasons John wrote the gospel. And it is recorded in chapter 20, verse 21, 31, to show that Jesus is the Christ Messiah, the Son of God. That is his deity. And secondly, believing in his name, you have everlasting life. That is John. That is John. And then we have a, one book called the History Book. And that is the book of Acts. Book of Acts is also called the book of the Holy Spirit. It's wonderful to study the book of Acts because it gives us the blueprint of the church history, how the church was founded, and what are, the, uh, what are the principles we can derive from the book of Acts. It's wonderful, the book of Acts. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and then gospel, then Acts talks about the history of the early church. And then we have a 12 books, or 21 books that is called the Letters. And that letter deals with aspect of Christian faith and responsibility, Christian faith and responsibility. Book of Romans, Book of Romans. All the letters, most of the all letters have two divisions: doctrines and their duties. Doctrines, that is the teaching of faith, Christian living, and then how you apply that doctrine in your day-to-day life. So that is Romans. It's a wonderful book. Pastor Marty had finished the book of Romans for a long time. Book of Romans. And then first and second Corinthians. The church was not without problems. And that is the Corinth. Corinth. Then we have Galatians, Paul's letter. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. Colossians, First Thessalonians, Second Thessalonians, First and Second Timothy, Titus, and Philemon. These are the letters. Thirteen books by Paul, and then we have a general letters. They are called eight books in general letters. Hebrews, James, First and Second Peter, First and Second John, and Third John and Jude. And then we have a last book. This is the revelation. It is a prophecy book. It, is, it talks about the future events. The return of Christ, the reign of Christ, the glory of Christ, and then the future state of the believers as well as the unbelievers. That is the book of Revelation. So these are, these are the, the overview of uh, the 66 books. Well, Jesus Christ is... In the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation. Genesis to Revelation. The Old Testament and the New Testament should be seen together. Both portray Jesus Christ as the center figure. Center figure. Luke chapter 24, verse 27. Will you please open? Luke 24, 27. Luke twenty four twenty seven. If you find, read loudly. Thank you, Marge. What he says here: Christ is sin in all scriptures. All scriptures. And then the scriptures bear witness. John chapter 5, verse 39, please. John chapter 5, verse 39. Yes, please. 5, 39. Yes, you know, two things very profoundly written in in Luke chapter 24, 27 says, all scripture speaks about Christ. And then here in John chapter five, verse 39, all scripture bears witness, bears witness. Now, question, you think about, put your thinking cap. Why? Why? The scripture is given to us. Why the Bible is important? Why the Bible is important? Linda? Guidebook, Guidebook? okay. It's a guidebook. Who God is, wonderful. Thank you very much, thank you very much. Scripture, all, all right, friend, don't, don't get me wrong. Everything is perfect. That's wonderful. But let the scripture answer scripture. When Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, remember, and the Satan came and said, if you are the son of God, in that context, if you put the word since, then it makes very clear sense. Let me say it again. It is said that if you are the son of God, then turn this stone into the bread and eat. If you are the son of God. Instead of if you write, if you put since. That makes beautiful sense. Since you are the son of God, you can do that. Well, there you have. How did Jesus defend himself? Satan came and tempt him that if you are the, since you are the son of God, turn this stone and make it bread and eat. And what did Jesus say? Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. So why Bible is important? Because Bible becomes the shield protection for me when I live in this earthly life. Bible is given for us, it is so important that we can protect ourselves. Bible is sealed and everything, oh friends, I tell you, I was, I was reading, I was preparing this and then I came so many things about the word of God. You know, in, in Psalm number 12, verse 6, it says, the words of the Lord are pure. There is no impurity in the Bible. Word of God is pure. He said, purified seven times. And then in Psalm 33 verse 4 says, For the word of the Lord is right. Never wrong. I am wrong. You are wrong. The word of God, never wrong. Word of God is right. And and all his work is done in truth because God is the truth. Psalm 33 verse 4. How about Psalm uh, Proverbs chapter 30 verse 5. Every word of God is pure. You know the word pure? Equal to Testified. Testified or refined. Word of God is refined, testified. Jeremiah says in chapter 23, verse 29, Is not my word is like a fire? Is not my word like a hammer? Charles Spurgeon said to the pastors, Release the word. The word is like a lion. It will do his job. You don't have to defend. God will defend. Because it is his word. It is His word, you know. Then, if it is God's word, if God's word is truth, then how much, how how much more, you and I need to be equipped so we can stand the wiles of the enemy. Why we have so many casualties in Christian church? Why? Because the cult has a headache. When people do not feed from the living word of God. You know what did Jesus say? You shall know the truth. And the truth will abide in you. And it will set you free. It will set you free. Well, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 is powerful word. Please turn with me. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. This will be the memory verse for next week, okay? Please memorize this verse next Sunday, I will ask. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. Please read. Someone can read loudly. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Now, multiple choice. Okay, multiple choice. Listen carefully. Some of the Bible is inspired by God. There are few parts that are not inspired. The entire Bible is inspired by God. Only those parts that speak to us is a personal way is inspired word of God, which is correct? Entire <laughs> Bible. Uh, you pass. <laughs> Wonderful. You know, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God, it's profitable for doctrine. It's my responsibility, Pastor Marty's responsibility, Caleb's responsibility for young people that we ought to expound the truth because it is the profitable for teaching doctrines. And then it says here, it is profitable for reproof. You know the word reproof, reproof? there are only two times that word used in the New Testament. This is one, one way here and another part, it is used in Hebrews chapter 11 verse one. In Greek, it is conviction. Conviction. So the word of God will convict you. If I try to convict you, you said, Pastor, you are judgmental. But if the word of God convicts you, you have no choice. You know, I remember David. He sinned, you remember? Prophet Nathan confronted David. And what did David say? I have sinned against God. Nathan was a messenger of God, but was the truth of God reproof David, convict David. You know, James talks about that. The word of God is like a mirror. How many people saw their face in the mirror today? Thank you. If you have seen your face in the mirror, and if you do not correct yourself, people will laugh at you. Hey, look at you. Have you seen your face in the mirror? You know, so many people, friends, so many people, come face to face with mirror or the word of God and just walk away. Walk away. Instead of giving the right message to the heathen world, we are giving the wrong message. Alexander McLean is a very young pastor in Scotland. He died very young age, 30th. age of 30 he died. But he wrote, That people will never read the Bible. But they will read you when you come out from the church. It's true. It's true. So what of God is, is so powerful, so profoundly given to us that we may know the ways of God how do, how do the following verses show importance of God's word? 2 Timothy 3:15. 2 Timothy chapter three, verse 15. Second Timothy 3:15. Thank you, Linda. There you have. The importance of the scripture, that the scriptures are able to give wisdom that leads to salvation. Leads to salvation. You know, in Psalm number 19, I just read that, you know, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. Testimony of the Lord is wise. Testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. It is God's word. Will lead me on my knees. Make me simple. My pride. My everything will be shattered. In the light of God's word. Scripture. Are able to give wisdom. That leads to salvation. Another powerful word is Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. You know that? For the word of God is living and active. You know, I, I feel like standing here and some say loudly, the word of God is living. You know why? Because God is living. Word of God is living because the God is living. My God is not dead God. I don't come to the church to worship dead God. My God is a living God. You know... One of the finest, another finest testimony in the book of Daniel, about Daniel. When Daniel was thrown into the lion's den, you remember, the king was not able to sleep and early morning king got out from his bed and this was the word he says, Daniel, servant of the living God. Friends, what a powerful testimony. When you and I are called by the living God and his name. What a testimony people will read. Daniel, servant of the living God, is your God has kept you, Daniel. Daniel said, bless you, king. My God has kept me alive. Servant of living God. All the words, uh, the word of God is a living and active and sharper than two double-edged sword. Piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit, both joints and marrow, able to judge thoughts, intents, and everything. The word of God is powerful. I'm about to finish now. Four things does God's word do, friends. Four things. If you are writing, write down. Number one. Psalm number 19, verse 7. Four things does God's word do. The word of God restores the soul. The word of God restores the soul. You know Psalm number 23. That brings to my memory. Psalm number 23. Remember that Psalm. Beautiful Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. There you have. God, his word, restores. When somebody is down, somebody is feeling guilty or sin, oh, the word of God will bring him back. The word of God will bring him back. First thing, Psalm number 19, verse 7. Secondly, what does the word of God do? Psalm number 19 verse 7b. He makes wise the simple. He makes the wise simple. Thirdly. Psalm number 19 verse 8a. It gives joy to the heart. Where does the believer find his joy? In the word. In the word. Psalm number 19, verse 8b. The word of God enlightens my heart. The joy of the world is temporary, but the joy of the word is permanent. Mm -hmm. Lastly, Psalm number 19, verse 8b. The word of God gives light to the eyes. Word of God gives light to the eyes. What is my response to this Bible? What is my response? What would be your response? In the light of 66 books, in the light of what the Word of God does, in the light of the truth of God, how do I respond? I need to go to my prayer closet and search my heart and see, is there anything which God would not approve? You know, when you, when, you, when you come face to face to the word of God, we have a homework to do. I cannot do your homework, nor you can do my homework. I need to do my homework. And that is, I need to search my heart in the light of God's truth. Just don't read like James says that in chapter one, that then he forgets about how he looks like. Let the word of God do its work. I wish friends that week after week will come to study. Next Sunday we'll go second lesson and then we'll go another doctorate. But this is very important. So I want you to think about the Bible. Think about God. Think about the truth. Think about how much time you take to get into the scripture and read. Make a goal. You know, one year I made a goal that I would like to finish the Bible in six times in one year. I did it. I did it. Three times you can easily read. Four months, it takes four months. I'm going to finish now in a couple of days. And that will be 40th time i am finished my Bible. Wonderful. I love it. I love it. If I don't do, friends, I have no right to tell you, right? I'm a hypocrite. But it's a wonderful. Try. Try. That means discipline yourself. Sacrifice your sleep. Oh, I can do that. Sacrifice your coffee. Oh, I can do that. You can do that. The one who gives us grace can't give us. Paul writes, I can do anything, everything, who gives me strength. Remember, God. Amen. Let's pray. Okay, we'll take prayer requests, right? Pastor Marty, can you come up? Yeah, okay.